Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of Beyond the Benefits with Savoy. Joining us today is Sarah Simpkins, Employer Services and Compliance Administrator. Sarah is providing a year-end wrap-up of all things ERISA compliance. Now is the time to be discussing this with your employer groups. Take it away, Sarah. Thank you, Jolie. Today, we will be touching on a variety of topics as part of our end-of-the-year compliance wrap-up. These are things that we can look forward to in the coming year or things an employer may want to start thinking about now before it's too late. The first item I would like to discuss would be the plan documents. And while the plan documents are definitely not the topic to get everyone fired up, I started with them because they are what I would consider the be- to be the most basic requirement for ERISA compliance. There are a variety of documents that employers are required to have, including the plan document, the summary plan description, or SPD, and the Section 125 plan document, assuming pre-tax deductions will be used to pay for employee premiums. It should be noted that not only does every group require an SPD and plan document, regardless of size, but that these documents will not come from the carrier. And I get so many employers uh, telling me they have an ERISA-compliant plan document, and they send me carrier information as proof. These are not the plan documents that are required by ERISA. Having plan documents in place will not only help employees to understand their benefits, but also allow the employer to have a roadmap for how their plans will operate. And I have employers coming to me all the time asking about how to handle certain situations like, for example, if an employee takes a leave of absence and how pre-tax deductions will be continued or not continued during this time uh, when they may not be receiving a paycheck. And my first question is always, do you have any plan documents? The answer is often no. However, these documents would lay out how this situation and many others should be handled. And of course, employers should make sure to distribute the documents in a timely manner. While the plan document and Section 125 plan document don't need to be distributed to employees unless they are requested, the SPD should be distributed to employees automatically. The second item I would like to touch on are the Medicare Part D notices. As we all probably know, we are in the middle of the election period for Medicare now, which is October 15th through December 7th. Employers have to notify their employees and dependents and COBRA continuees who are Medicare eligible due to age or disability about whether the employer's prescription coverage is creditable or non-creditable meaning the plan is expected to pay on average as much or more than the standard Medicare prescription drug plan. Employers must provide this notice before open enrollment on October 15th because employees need to make a decision about whether they will enroll in the employer plan or Medicare Part D, and the employee will face penalties for not enrolling in Medicare Part D in a timely manner. So, while the deadline is just past us, employers should be aware of their requirements and be prepared to meet them. And next, we'll move on to the Form 5500s. In general, these forms are required for any group which has 100 or more employees enrolled on the first day of the plan year. And remember, this number does not include dependents. So, as the January renewals come around, be sure to take a look at your enrollment numbers and take note if any of the numbers are 100 or more. And these forms are typically due seven months after the plan year ends. So, for all these plans renewing January 1st, their Form 5500s will be due July 31st. In certain circumstances, groups with under 100 enrolled must also file, but generally they would be part of a PEO or a trust who would file on their behalf. 
And if you're not sure, feel free to reach out and we can help make that determination for you. And just because it's that time of the year, I would be doing a disservice if I didn't touch on the non-discrimination testing requirements. So non-discrimination testing is required for Section 125 plans, and these tests focus on benefits, eligibility, and utilization. And they're also required for FSA, HRA, group term life, and self-insured medical plans. And these tests all focus on eligibility and benefits. In addition, the fully insured plan testing rules are suspended indefinitely, so that's a relief. Employers should make sure to perform the test at the beginning of the year, so if there are any issues, they can be corrected before a problem arises. It is also recommended to do testing mid-year and again at the end of the year. And finally, the big one is ACA reporting. So is your group an applicable large employer or ALE? If so, the 1095 and 1094C forms are required. In addition, if your group is self-insured but not an ALE, the employer would have to complete 1094 and 1095B. So what is an ALE? It means you have 50 or more employees on average in the preceding calendar year. So if your group has 50 or more employees on average for the first time in calendar year 2018, that would mean they are an ALE for 2019 and should report according to the deadlines laid out by the Department of Labor, which I'll go into in a minute. If the group is an ALE, the carrier will fill out 1094 and 1095B, and the employer should fill out 1094 and 1095C. Employees will receive a 1095B from the carrier and a 1095C from the employer and should keep these for their records. The employer and carrier will then send both the 1094 and 1095 forms to the IRS. In addition, a hot tip is if the group is a fully insured ALE, the employer should complete parts 1 and 2 of the 1094 and 1095, but if the group is self-insured, they must complete parts 1, 2, and 3. So we may not be thinking about this right now, but the 1094 and 1095 deadlines are approaching quickly. So how quickly? Well, the forms are due to employees by January 31st of 2020. Forms are due to the IRS by February 28th of 2020 if you're using paper filings and March 31st of 2020 if you're using electronic filings. And uh, for those of you who have questions, Savoy hosts a series of compliance webinars which can shed some more light on this topic. So in closing, there are a few compliance issues that may be coming up for employers, and being prepared and proactive is key. If you aren't sure if a requirement applies to you, please reach out to your Savoy account executive, and we will be more than happy to assist you. And please don't forget, as renewal season is upon us and things start to get busy, take a moment to do a compliance checkup on your clients, including noting how many enrolled they have on their plans at renewal, whether non-discrimination testing is needed, whether the group is an ALE and if they need to complete a 1095 and 1094, if they are compliant with Medicare Part D requirements, and whether they have accurate and up-to-date plan documents. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.